Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. We have a, a corporate update from one of our full sponsors. That's Monera Alamos and their president, Mr. Doug Ramshaw. Monera Alamos trades on the TSX Venture with the symbol MAI and also on the OTC markets with MAIFF. As mentioned, they are a sponsor of Mining Stock Daily, and I am also a shareholder. It's always a pleasure to welcome back Doug to the show. Hey, Doug, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Trevor, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. It's a uh, you know, after last week, uh, things were a little bit hectic with uh, fall break with the kids and uh, uh, family visiting for out of town. So it was a little sporadic on the podcast, but I'm looking forward to getting back into a much more smooth routine, smoother routine uh, this week. So I was glad to have you as the first guest on this week. Uh, following up on your news release that you published this morning, uh, you know, not anything, you know, you know, hugely spectacular coming out. Just a quick update on your recent project, Cerro del Oro, which was acquired this year. Uh, give us a rundown on what you plan on doing and uh, what was in this news release this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, met met results are never particularly spectacular, but they're really important from a de-risking point. I, I'm a big believer that when we put out news, it should always be an incremental de-risking event for the company. So, however inconsequential the kind of release like today's was, it actually was very important for de-risking the new, newly acquired Cerro de Oro uh, project. We've, we knew, I mean, we knew this going into the deal that, you know, this should be a very simple run-of-the-mine, open-pit-heap-leach, low-capital project that, you know, we excel at delivering and what we're doing right now at Santana. Um, we wanted to be able to get out some some met data that just shows very nice recoveries in in, in the oxide component, um, but also look yeah, maybe hidden in there a little was you know whilst we didn't do that deal assuming we could leach the sulfide we know it say at Santana the sulfide leaches it looks like uh, we're getting glimpses that you know with further testing we'll be able to refine that that the sulfide will leach. At Cerro de Oro as well, and that will just be the cherry on top because um, very much helps any upside case. Uh, so yeah, I mean it was an important release to get out, especially as you said, we've got the initial resource coming in a couple of weeks' time. I think it's important to address address the issue of does this resource that you're going to come out with have all the cor you know corresponding met recoveries that you'd like to see so this fills that data in ahead of the resource yeah absolutely uh, one thing that i think that really grabbed my attention is you're already working on some engineering and permitting for this heap leach facility there uh you know, I, I think I maybe un underestimated just how quickly Cerro de Oro could be turned around, um, you know, as a project and, and really put into development and ultimate production. Uh, but then again, you are Monero Alamos, and this is what you're known for. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, we have to start some of that basic engineering work because that will form part of the permit submissions that we expect to have go in very early on in the new year. Um, and... Yeah, you know, this is also why we felt we could push Fortuna back a little because we could be in a situation where Q4 of next year, construction starts at Cerro de Oro. Um, so, you know, we're not going to rest on adding a pipeline asset and not look to advance it aggressively. So um, given 
given this is our bread and butter, open pit, heap lead, run and mine, low capital, low capital, it makes so much sense to accelerate its development um, and, and, you know, allow to start really as Santana is starting to spin off free cash in the in the back half of next year. So Santana will help contribute to building Cerro Aurora, which should have similar kind of capex numbers, 10, 12 million Canadian uh, for our basic open pit heat bleach design. So potential Q4 next year, you think for Cerro For construction, Aurora? yeah. Yeah, and a six, six, seven month build. So it should start, you know, we could see mining commence right before the rainy season in 2022, kind of middle of 2022. So, um, yeah, I, you know, we, we, we always wanted to show that we were a multi-project company. The quicker you can get that second mine up and running, um, that's certainly going to play to analyst forecast. You don't want to be a single asset company. You get to uh, definitely has a, a benefit. So, yeah, we're really excited about it. All right. So where does this leave? I mean, you, you mentioned Santana using cash flow from Santana. Where are we at with Santana now? Uh, and what's the news that should be coming down the pipeline that you want shareholders to kind of keep a lookout for? Yeah. I mean, we're just coming out of the rainy season. It wasn't a bad rainy season. Um, and so, you know, things still seem on track. We'll probably have an update in November as we have fully come out of the, the typical rainy season there. Um, just to provide that kind of final guidance as to when we expect construction to complete and mining to commence. And we're you know, just with Christmas and everything else, it's likely, you know, construction will conclude in January and then we'll get straight on into mining and uh, excited for the first full year of production, which will really be represented by calendar year 2021. So everything, you know, it's a testament to the team down there that our pre-COVID guidance was six to eight months construction time. And with the delays in Mexico, with them shutting down all mining and stuff, we really only started construction mid-June uh, fully. I mean, there was some work that was done beforehand. So we're actually on track, even in the world of COVID, to, to kind of hit that guidance we gave prior to the pandemic. So very happy about that. Uh Okay, so we've got construction updates coming down the pipeline for Santana next month. We have resource updates coming from Cerro de Oro next month. So where does this leave La Fortuna? Well, La Fortuna, the permitting's just wrapping up there. Um, we always want all our projects to at least have gone fully through permitting so that we can then decide how we sequence the construction. Um, I'm... I'm a big believer that however good the Fortuna economics are and in that PA, which was spectacular, it still was based off a of five-year life. So if we are going to push it back a year to bring Cerro Doro forward, um, we'll throw some money at, at expiration around that pit where we know there are extensions to it, um, as well as remodeling for slightly higher gold prices. And I, I think Fortuna is better served starting off at a seven, eight-year mine life than this very nice high-grade starter pit of five years. Um, so whilst it might, you know, be mine number three in our sequence, we're not going to sit back and not advance it uh, at, at the project level during that time. Okay. That's a great update. We are going to follow up with you next month because there's going to be a lot of news to cover from the company. Obviously, we just kind of 
you know, putting that out there, that there, be prepared. I think Monero is going to have a lot of news flow uh, between now and Thanksgiving. So that's great. Uh, but, you know, Doug, we I always respect kind of your, uh, your general musings of the junior resource uh, market right now. And I, I want to just get your thoughts here of where we're at. Uh, we've seen somewhat of, a, you could call it a consolidation in the gold and silver price. It has come down off its highs. Uh, some of that... Uh, uh, you know, big momentum that we had earlier this summer into juniors has really kind of calmed down. A lot of those junior companies that uh, raise a lot of money are now trading well below uh, those 52-week highs or all-time highs with some of them even. Um, you know, where are we at here in this market? Is this more seasonality? Is there going to be more catalysts to play to really push this thing up? Uh, you know, what's it going to take? Yeah, I, and on on the gold side, we we've seen kind of a increased volatility since August. Uh, you know, that's not been lost on anyone. I think coming into the elections, uh, you know, gold seems to be moving depending on the state of play on stimulus talks. You know, the reality is we, you know, at some point there's going to be a stimulus. It's going to further support the move that we've had in gold this year and I think uh, lead to considerable more gains next year. Uh, overall, the market has responded to that choppiness with its own kind of uh, choppiness as well. But I think a lot of a lot of weaknesses is in a lot of companies right now is when we saw that June move, rising tide lifts all boats. A lot of companies took advantage of that, raised a bunch of money, and we've started seeing, you can almost look where the four-month holds were coming off on that. So a lot of those stocks weren't able to maintain 52-week highs because they're dealing with the paper and the warrant clipping and everything from from sizable gains from that move in June. Um, you know, one of the problems with doing financings with warrants, uh, if you have a really good stock performance, you're, you're inviting uh, profit taking on the common share. So, um, yeah, I, I, I hope that we see there was a lot of money raised downstream in our sector in the last three, four months. And I think what will be nice to see is how that money gets deployed to hopefully drive real underlying value. Um, you know, it was great that there was a market that allowed companies to get some much needed capital in. But now it's going to, you know, that always in the expiration side of things has to translate into fundamental valuation uh, of, of a company. And hopefully that can be supported with expiration success. The sector needs it. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, great examples of companies that have made, you know, big moves as a result of expiration success. Warbridge today with their news, again, a great example over the last few years. Uh, great Bears being a great example of that. We, you know, these are what drive people's appetite to invest in our sector. So I, I hope we see a lot of success come out of the money that was raised in June. And, you know, that should hopefully serve to support the, the junior end of the market. I, yeah, it's, it's nice to see that money coming into the sector. But we've also seen some of those producers, specifically the mid-tier producers, uh, increase their free cash flow now that we're seeing Q3 numbers come in. I mean, not only are they having record quarters quarter over quarter, they have uh, paid down a lot of their debt that they've accrued over the years. Uh, it seems like they're going to just be flushed with cash come the end of the year. You would presume that some of those companies would be going into acquisition mode here pretty soon because we literally just have not seen 
big acquisitions for quite some time. He, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the only one that really stands out in my mind is the Atlantic Gold acquisition. And that was, I think, a year ago now. Uh, we haven't really seen any sort of big junior company getting taken over. You, you've seen you've seen a lot of uh, well, I mean, you had Kirkland Detour, obviously, and that was oh, a sure. bigger scale, bigger scale thing. Um, Argonaut, Alio, these. I think you're going to see a lot more MOE deals, mergers of equal uh, transactions, uh, where the real value is not unlocked for one set of shareholders and a premium, but the combination of companies driving value forward. Uh, I think that the majors have done a, a really, really good job in recent years of cleaning up their books and, and getting strong. You're seeing companies reinstitute dividend policies for the first time in five, six years. That, that all plays to the generalist investor taking the mining sector seriously when the companies themselves are taking themselves seriously and not being pressured to feel like they have to do M&A deals. I think as those balance sheets uh, continue to strengthen, um, we will see start seeing some of the M&A that I think is another nice sign that you want to send to outsiders looking at the sector. You've seen it in Australia with Saracen, Northern Star. Um, you know, there have been examples in North America. Uh, COVID is probably impacted certain deals. There's lots of people out there rumoring that there are big deals afoot. Um, I'm not sure if we see them this year or not, but I certainly think that the bolstering of, of the balance sheets of the majors is, is very beneficial in terms of laying the foundations for them thinking, okay, how do we grow? Because we are talking about companies without expiration success or, or doing MOE kind of deals that are you know, you know, reducing their resource base with every production year. So, you know, it is a declining uh, resource for, for many of these companies. And but I, I actually think a lot of the the M&A that we'll see will be more mergers of equals, you know, rather than um, uh, takeouts of companies with lofty premiums. It seems like MOE deals have become a bit more the <coughs> the norm in recent years. Yeah. It certainly has been. All right, Doug, I uh, just wanted to take a little bit of your time today and get that update and, uh, again, some of your thoughts on this on the sector these days. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. We'll be sure to catch up with you again next month uh, after some of this news from mul your multiple projects at Monero Alamos. And uh, until then, have a good uh, rest of uh, October. Thanks, Trevor. You too.